if someone was polite to me and had their own sense of compassion, if they were polite, I would respect that they wanted to be called a certain way. I'm willing to do that, but don't get in my face and, t- and demand it from me because there's no such thing as having the right or privilege to not be offended. And like, you, if you walk around in life expecting that you should not get offended over something, you're going to have a really hard time. Get ready to tune in to stories of average men striving for greatness to become the leaders that are needed in their homes, in their career, and their communities. This is the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. Hey everybody, Scott back at you. Obviously you know that if you're listening to this, but if you don't, go check out some other podcasts and you'll learn a little bit more about me. But today we're going to be focusing on my new friend, Braxton Wood. Braxton is a very interesting gentleman, I will say. He um, has a lot, a lot of work accomplishments, and he does a lot of different things. I think that we might be soul sisters in the fact that (laughs) we... uh, It's hard for us to stay put and do what we're doing. I like change. I love change, and Braxton was just talking about that with me. But I was very, very drawn to his content and apparently I'm not the only one. He has a, a couple other people that watch his content and I just really liked his approach on some things. And then we got into some several little conversations around education. And that's probably where we're going to kind of um, spend a lot of our time here today. So if you love colleges and you think everybody has to go through the system, you probably want to stop listening, but really I want you to keep listening so that you understand the truth. And so uh, Braxton, welcome to the show, man. Hey man, I'm really excited to kind of crack this open. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I've had people on the podcast before, a lot of them, you know, there's a there's a strong homeschooling bi- bias or basis be- in my in a lot of the people that follow me and come to my events and stuff. I do not homeschool, have not homeschooled. I was not homeschooled. If I were to start over today, yesterday, or maybe even 2018, there would be zero question of what I would be doing. As a former education professional, um, just not down with the way things are going. But uh, I thought it'd be fun to talk to you about some of that stuff. But man, like I was looking through your accomplishments. First of all, you do you have like four million followers on TikTok? Oh, not right? million. We're not. No, we're not there yet. Four hundred thousand. Four hundred thousand. Mm-hmm. Four hundred thousand. I thought it was huge because my son. I thought my son's was huge. He's a, he hit a hundred thousand. And then I saw Braxton has 400,000. That's insane. <laughs> 400,000 people. That means like you can imagine this, like if there was a place that could actually contain 400,000 people, those people are all choosing to sit and watch you. Right. How's that feel? Um, it, uh, amazing. First of all, and I, I love my followers and I love my audience and, uh, and I love the feedback I get from them about things that I talk about. But I mean, in terms of how it feels, this is, it happened completely on accident also. And so like I, I hopped on TikTok prior to that, I was not a fan of using social media at all. I knew it was necessary in some ways to, um, you know, build a brand and things like that. And so like I was on social media marginally because of that, but I, I have a friend that does have 4 million followers on TikTok and that's what made me kind of bite the bull and just hop on there. Um, and yeah, so, uh, me just posting a certain kind of content is what built that following, um, at least in part. And yeah, but it was a happy accident and I'm just, I'm just grateful for the people that know, like, and trust me for it. <laughs> so people that haven't seen your content, what is it about? Um, so a lot of my content, uh, I originally started my TikTok and 
and other social media for that matter to promote my career consulting business. Um, and so you and I will probably get into a little bit about the inspiration of what started that, but um, that was the original reason I created my TikTok. Um, so the content I talk about unpacks a little bit about education, but it really, um, what, what I really do in my business is teach people to replicate the process that I went through as being someone that's homeschooled or that was homeschooled rather and didn't graduate high school, didn't get a GED, didn't go to college. I, I show people the process I went through since I didn't have that stuff to lean on. And me going through my 15, 20 year career, what I've discovered is, in my opinion, it's a much better, more effective process. And so I just teach people to basically the same success that I had. Okay. So how long have you been doing that? Um, it depends on how you define it. So I had kind of, I did it kind of as a side hustle uh, to my original business. Um, so if you if you gauge it based on that, then it's you know six years. Um, but uh, the the business as a full time business has been around for maybe two years, two and a half. That's awesome, man. I, you know how I feel about entrepreneurship. Yeah. I love it when people just go out and do things because there's a need for it and find their way. And um, so I'm really curious because this is incredibly important to me. And I think it really will give me the idea if I believe you or not, like what kind of degree do you have in, in career <laughs> coaching? <laughs> None whatsoever. <laughs> Loaded question. Yep. Yeah. So we'll, we'll get in, we'll, we'll get into that, <laughs> but I, I want to stick to this content thing. How, like I, a lot of people want to be followed by a lot of people mm-hmm. and this, I want to, I want to put a, uh, a little vision in mind for the listeners. My son sent me a photo one day and it was the stadium and it was like a full view of the stadium, like jam packed. And I don't remember which stadium was like an NFL. It's huge, Mm. massive. And it's jam packed with people. He says, I have more followers than this. (laughs) I was like, what? He's like, this picture has 87,000 people in it. Oh, like, I don't even think there's a venue that holds 400,000 people. There is. I wouldn't know it. <laughs> yeah. So grab a hold of that, folks. So you, you have been able to establish a connection deep enough with 400,000 people that they would hit the little button that says follow and engage in your content. How is the, the um, interaction in that? And I think we have a, a big lesson to learn on maybe a little learning how to be stoic or how to handle that type of situation. Yeah. And I'm not sure if I'm the authority on it, but um, what I've learned is I think first and foremost, it's the internet. And so you got to take the good with the bad. And Mm -hmm. if you're going to hop on social media with the aspiration of having a significant following, then you need to be prepared and have a backbone because as many people as follow me, I offend probably way more. (laughs) And to the point I even joke about it. Like I tell people very often when I've, I'm feeling funny that um, I offend people for a living. Like that's what I tell people. Um, so that's the very first thing. Um, but yeah, from a, from a content perspective, from a providing value perspective, um, you really got to know, like, I don't know, just solve people's problems and, and do it in a way that's, in my opinion, do it in a way that's entertaining and engaging and shows them that you care. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, but I saw, I saw one by you where you were talking about, I think you were in your office and there was two guys that were just talking really loud in the, like the main uh, area. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. 
Mm-hmm. So it's just random stuff that you come across too. Yeah, I yeah, um, that very true. Anything that I really like, if, if you were to try and label my content with a theme, it's anything that's about the job market or about career development, anything about that. So like, it's kind of a more open topic than some people might think. But yeah, you're exactly right. So sometimes what I tell is personal stories or stories of things that are happening to me in the moment because I lease an office in a building with a hundred other businesses. And so things tend to happen. Um, but yeah, so anything in that scape, uh, I tend to comment on in some way. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure you have a lot of content. <laughs> so much. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you have, uh, you said three kids mm-hmm. and you told me recently you moved to more rural Idaho. Mm-hmm. Why'd you do that? Um, okay. So this is, and just for context, I'm from Phoenix. And so um, I moved from Phoenix to Boise and then um, from Boise to where I am in Eastern Idaho. Um, the reason why I actually did that, I basically woke up um, one day and, you know, I'm, it's summertime, it's, and I'm in Boise, recreation, weather's great. And I just woke up one day and I went to my wife and I was like, honey, I think we need to sell the house. <laughs> And uh, me being a person of faith, that definitely was a part of it. Um, I'd been very prayerful about some things. Just this was in right around right before COVID really was a big issue Mm. before we were calling a pandemic. And um, so I was very prayerful and mindful of a lot of things. And so some of that I think was um, kind of divine guidance. And um, here we are now, three and a half, almost four years later. It's something I'm very grateful for. Um, and while I miss my home that I had there, while while I miss Boise, I'm not crazy about the long winters here. Um, it's still a choice I don't regret, and that's that's part of the reason why. So, yeah, oh, we could get into the. Uh, you and I hold a lot of similar beliefs around some of the political, you know. It's funny how timing is in, in a lot of things going on right now and have gone on, but we'll, maybe we'll get into that. And, uh, you know, one, one thing I'm learning and I'm learning from people like you and I'm learning from other people is that you will kind of just sit in this anonymous kind of like sort of a person spot. Like, you know, I've been doing the podcast for three, four years and decent listenership. But as soon as I decided to take a stand on things, mm. it really pissed people off. But then more people follow mm-hmm. and because more people relate. And so I'm just going to tell listeners right now, you might be really mad at me by the end of this podcast. And <laughs> I'm just going to sit in it because what I've learned from people like you, Braxton, is that we're doing everybody a disjustice if we don't take a stand on the things that we believe about. And so I know that you've done that on college. You've done that on politics and you know current current events, if you will, mm-hmm. um, were you always like that or, or did you have to kind of settle into that? No, one? I remember being a teenager and, um, you know, I remember when Bush got elected the second time and, and then nine 11 happened and things like that. And I remember being a teenager and, and, and like in my own head telling myself, I can't stand having to listen to this stuff. I don't want any part of it. And, um, and part of that was just because probably of my adolescent, you know, immature mind, just having an interest in girls and music and things like that over other right, things. Of course. And then I got to be an adult. And, um, when I started having children, that's when I started realizing like, Hey, this stuff actually matters and impacts my family. So, um, I didn't really take a stance politically or on issues in general, I think until well after I was married with a few children. Um, 
but yeah, so the short answer is no, I was not always like that. But since then, I've realized what it, how important it is to be active, not politically necessarily, but be active on how world events and world issues and even issues just in the country, how they impact you, your family, the community, and so on. It's crazy because I listened, everyone was listening to Rush Limbaugh when I was in like middle school. And like, I just, I remember listening to that and I don't know why I listened to it. I think it was just intriguing for me to hear people be incredibly opinionated about things because I didn't really, wasn't really raised in a home where things were, you know, there was super strong opinions. And I watch my boys now, my youngest, and he's, it's like, he hears this talk, but it's kind of like, that's just so not important. I'm like, how can it not be important? But it's that, it's that change where we understand that the, what's happening actually is affecting them, right? And then all of a sudden, this switch is there. And so I get it. I totally get it. And I've never wanted to be controversial, ever, until uh, a couple, well, until... Tell COVID, and then I'm like, I'm I'm done with being just this quiet guy. And hey, look, I was I I went to grad college, so you paint the picture here. I went to college, and then I became an educator, and so I had been programmed for years in a very um, liberal mindset, coming from a conservative upbringing, and then being raised career wise in a liberal, very liberal place, and. Uh, I just did this thing and I actually found myself being scared is I, when, when all these things about, Oh, we're going to start doing mass mandates again, people are saying, this is, this is all, it's not happening. And you know, Trump, this and that. I'm like, Hey, look, you don't have to like Trump, but he still is being attacked for really stupid reasons. This is all political play. And all of this talk started to happen. And then talks of like more masking starting to come back. And, And I just started finding myself saying, Nope, Nope. 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 So I just put out, uh, on my store, we're going to release a shirt that just says, Nope. (laughs) And so I'm really hoping that that goes crazy because that's going to be my answer to everything. Like, where's your mask? Nope. Nope. (laughs) It, uh, I just, I was, I recorded an episode of my podcast recently and, uh, we were talking about somehow the kind of the topic of like, conformity is and how it happens and what control is and how it happens and how that gets how you know like there, there's the whole i don't know if you've heard this analogy before but there's um the the, the frog in the pot of boiling water yep right yep. so um i don't think we realize as communities and as a society how much that is really happening to us in real time right now and so uh and that's how uh your rights and your privileges and your freedoms get eroded away. You know what I mean? And I don't know. I think it's a tragedy because the, the nature of people like yourself and I, who tend to be on the lean conservative for certain things. Um, I, I hate the fact that it also tends to make us complacent. And if that's a, that, you know what I mean? And I think that's also why these things happen the way they do because when when there are forces out there that have an agenda that uh, is very crystal clear to them and you you as kind of you being the more of a libertarian mindset where it's just let live you live and let live uh that they take advantage of that i think and it's unfortunate yeah yeah well i think i feel free to talk to you about this because i've seen your content right (laughs) so i i know and i i 
I was going to spend more time talking to you about college and formal education because mm-hmm. you guys homeschool your kids. We do. But um, it's just been so interesting to me as I watch somebody even today on a thing said, oh, yeah, and um, and people still believe that there will be lockdowns in November. And I was thinking to myself, I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. I'm not going to say anything. <laughs> but what I want to do is go copy that link to that post and mark it for November and then have a timer that comes on or a, a notification comes on November and then go revisit that post and say, Hmm, <laughs> how's that working? But I don't know, you know, like I like the retroactive version of it instead of right. saying it now and putting my flag in the ground. But I feel like things are going um, really in a really bad position, bad direction right now. Um, like just, it's, it's just crazy. I don't even know what else to say. It's just, it's so crazy. And, I try to listen to very reasonable people, but I also feel like I've developed really good critical thinking skills. And I kind of feel that's like what we're missing. Mm-hmm. How are you teaching your kids critical thinking skills? We tend to, um, <laughs> it's a challenge. I'll tell you that. Oh man. Um, a lot of what I do in my role in raising and educating my children is very it's done very in the moment. They have their, their book work and things like that. And what I do is more in the moment. And so like, I'll go home and we have dinner or something and, you know, either my wife or myself will bring up some topic. Do you see this about the news today? And, you know, it could have been the Hawaii fires. It could have been, you know, indictments of our (laughs) political overlords or whoever it is. And as my wife and I talk about it, I try to include the kids and use it as a teaching moment as well to help them understand. And so there's a lot of like, isms almost that my kids have picked up from me because of Mm -hmm. that. And I know that that it's sticking. And the reason why I do that very intentionally, even though it comes off very casually and very natural. And the reason why I do it is because what I've realized about our education system, and this is when we start putting on the tinfoil hat a little bit, but I realized the whole purpose of the education system is to make us, I don't want to use the term conform, but honestly, that's what I really believe. And it's designed to make us just smart enough to be productive, but dumb enough to not like stand out, not to rise up. You know what I mean? And so if you look at it, I've done a, as, as a teenager, even being homeschooled, I did a lot of research and a lot of, cause I was curious about this stuff. Like, what am I missing out if I'm not going to go to public school? And if you look at the industrial age and what education looked like around then, there's a lot of things you learn and I won't go down the rabbit hole about it, but when you see how the education system in our country was instituted, a lot of things become really clear. And that's where the critical thinking really comes into play. Because if you're not willing to acknowledge the reason why the system was set up the way it was all the way back then, and why it hasn't really changed that much since then, then you're doing yourself a really big service by not figuring that out. (laughs) So let's go down the, the, let's go down the rabbit hole. Okay. Let's go ahead and, and, I I have a master's degree. Mm -hmm. My wife has a doctorate degree. She was dead set. She knew from very, very young on that she was going to be a physical therapist and that was going to take college. And she knew exactly where she's going to go and how it was going to look. And she practiced in that and she still uses that. I didn't have any clue until I was dating her that I was going to even go to college. College wasn't even on my radar. In fact, I had no clue what you even did at college. Like that was not a part of my upbringing. It was like, 
I'm like, oh, her parents kind of think I need to go to college. Shoot, I better pretend that I want to be professional in something. <laughs> That's literally my journey. So I'm like, okay. And um, I did that. And then I kind of got into the whole education thing, you know, and I ended up with a master's. Thank goodness they, they recruited me so hard in college, in my graduate studies to get my PhD and work for the school, for, for the college. Mm. They wanted me so bad. And I, instead, I went and moved back to rural Oregon and, and taught at the country school I went to. But, you know, it's all from there. It got kind of funny. But um, I was indoctrinated from that point without really knowing it. I think that's the big thing, right? We don't know. We don't know what we don't know. And it's really easy just to fall into this. So I want to just give you a platform to just go off. Oh, man. How much time you got? <laughs> um, the first thing that comes to my mind when you brought that up is uh, if anyone wants to understand this topic, then I would say go to YouTube and Google or search Yuri Bezmenov, 1984. Uh, for those that don't know who Yuri Bezmenov, he was basically a, a def- he, he defected from the KGB in, in Russia. And he, this, the YouTube video you will find of him is an hour long video of him talking about, um, how evil forces will infiltrate our country and our society from the inside. And one of the main ways they do that is through academics, through, through academia, through the, the education system. And he, he even made the comment, one of the things that stuck out to me is um, that he, he used the term communism a lot. So communists are perfectly fine taking st- two steps forward and one step back because they know eventually through, because of the principle of the, frog in the boiling pot of water and they know eventually their agenda will be fulfilled right and i don't think anyone else besides him could be a bigger authority on this considering he defected from the very system um that's one reason Uh, aside from the fact that it's a huge waste of time and resources and money that's one of the reasons why i'm such a voice against college not because for the right people it's it can be useful and it can be pertinent, but for the large majority of people, it is a factory for all the wrong things. And if you look at our society, like, I mean, I can't help but think back to like um, the the riots from um, George Floyd's murder or whatever you want to call it, his death. I shouldn't call it a murder, but his death. And I know a lot of those people came out of the system and they for something about that system made them feel empowered to do it and the worst thing was is it only i'll put it this way it was only permitted and it was allowed to continue in certain cities major cities of a particular ideology i'll put it that way um but anyway so yes go look up yuri bezmanov and if and just take to heart what he talks about i see it also because of my line of work what i do as a executive career consultant. Um, when I first started this business, I had the the naive thought that I could really help students, uh, grad, you know, graduates of college, because I knew, and I still believe that they need the help the most. But the problem is, is two things. Uh, one of them is, is they haven't had enough life experience to fall on their face enough to realize they need the help. Because, mm-hmm. um, you know, when you're in your early 20s, you think you know everything. And then um, the second thing is, is they have spent so much time and resources to only to become ill prepared for their life ahead. And like, 
I, I, the people I talk to that actually do entertain the idea of getting help for me who are on the younger end of the spectrum and who have graduated college, they have no clue on how to break into their, their first real job. They have no clue. I, I shouldn't make a blanket statement like that. Um, but a lot of them don't really have any idea. And like just one quick example, I, I had a client, um, he had a degree in marketing, which is like the most demand in demand job on the planet. In my opinion, that's my background. So that's why I say that. But, um, he had been graduated for seven years and still didn't find his first job in, in marketing of all things. And when we unpack the reason why, uh, one of the main reasons why he wasn't able to do anything with it was because he was still seven years later, he was still going back to his career counselor from campus. And the advice that they were giving him was terrible. Some of the things they were telling him and I'm like, well, no wonder <laughs> you didn't haven't done anything with this. And I'll, I'll end, I'll quit my, my rant a little bit. Um, but the, where I would end is one of the biggest things, like I just saw this on Facebook. I think it was this morning. One of our, I think a mutual contacts posted something on Facebook and they said, if you could have a billboard and put anything on it, what would you do? And I said, college is a waste of time. I saw that. Yeah. And the reason, one of the reasons of many, um, but another reason why I'm just a, a voice against it is because it is the number one most highest inflated consumer product for the last 20 years. And then people come and say, you're an idiot. I, I get this all the time. I say that and then people say, why are you calling it a consumer product? You're an idiot. So those listening just know that's the language that the Bureau of Labor Statistics is using, not me. That's their language. Um, and the other interesting thing is up until last year, it, college tuition was the second highest inflated consumer product. So it hit number one within the last year. Wow. And it's not by a small margin either. And, and for context, the second is healthcare, just for those oh, interested. Yeah. <laughs> but, but yeah. It is insane to me. I literally am having such a hard time understanding it because these are the same people that will ask what ROI is on an investment. Right. What is my return on investment? If I, if I spend a hundred dollars a month, what am I getting back? I'm like, you who went to college and paid over a hundred thousand dollars or paying over a hundred thousand dollars for your child to be educated. What is your return on investment? Mm -hmm. But the thing is, is in the sixties and the seventies, it did give you a leg up. But the price was completely different as well. It was actually, you know, not overinflated. It was it was pretty standard. And and I think a lot of folks are stuck in that. And so this so funny. I forgot that we had this podcast today. I probably subconsciously knew it because I checked my <laughs> calendar all the time. And I was I was on my walk this morning, and I, and I was thinking, like, parents send their kids to college for one of two things. One, to be a part of the social norm so that you're not outside of the social norm. And two, indoctrination. And when I talk about indoctrination, and I'm gonna, I am going to bend some feathers here, uh, A&M, Texas A&M is one of the worst. So if you went to Texas A&M, it's like, it's a cult. It's literally a cult. You know all the chants. You do all the things. Everybody does this. Everybody does that. And your kid will be wearing a Texas A&M shirt from age zero through. Like that's half their their garb. And then if your kid doesn't go to Texas A&M, it's like this, you 
like this. I'm sure there's bunches of schools like this. And I don't think they even know why they're sending their kids to school other than they, they were, this is, this is my clan. This is my identity. It's literally an identity. And I think it's super destructive and a waste of money, but Hey, look, if your parents are paying for it, good for you. <laughs> Let them waste their money for you to have air quotes, life experience. I will tell you right now, and maybe it's an outlier because I raised them, but my 19 year old is been, did not go to college because I'm not wasting time on something I have no interest <laughs> in. And, um, he's read more books. I would argue that he's read more books than anybody who sent their kid through medical school from, from their first year in college through medical school. I guarantee you he's read more high level books than they have in the last year than they do in the six, seven, eight years that they go to school. I would put a bet on that. I wouldn't doubt that. And that's self-guided. Yep. That's what I love too is, um, I, I love that term self-guided, like being uh, the term the the word I learned early on as a, a emerging homeschool graduate, for lack of a better term, is the word autodidactic. Uh, hmm. And so, which basically means the same thing. Um, yeah, I, I have. So, so you mentioned um, I'm LDS. There are church colleges in, in that my church provides. Yes. Um, and it's so crazy for me to see, and I don't blame, I'm not blaming my church necessarily for this. Um, but like, I even see that there's, there's an Instagram account, for example, that, um, it's called keeping the faith, if I remember right. And the whole purpose of this Instagram account is people will go on there and post, um, or submit posts of stories of things they hear on campus that are coming out of a professor's mouth or from the, the clubs there or whatever that are anti-American, that are, you know, communists, that are, you know, all these different agendas and out of a conservative church college, a private college, this is happening too. I have so many friends where, who have sent their kids to college, even like that thinking, rah, rah, this is awesome. You're going to go get your education, go to school so you can get a good job. All that, like all that bull. And then their kid comes out they're, they're I really hate to say this. They're promiscuous. They're, mm-hmm. They have, they've adopted those anti-American ideologies. They are raving against conservative values, all those, all these things. And the parents are shocked. And I'm like, what'd you expect? Again, going back to Yuri Bezmanov and what he talks about, what were what would you, what you think was going to happen? Crazy. Like it's heartbreaking to me. But like, I remember I have a certain friends that I was close enough to, I was like, you don't want to encourage this. And they're like, no, it's the best thing for him. Tough freaking duh. <laughs> you got what you, you got what you asked for. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I, I don't want to get too in detail, but I know people this is happening to their, their kids go in one way and they come out and they, there's no answer to it for that radical of a change other than programming. Right. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. So parent, Hey, listeners, if you want your kids to be programmed, definitely send them to college. If you don't, just be super diligent. If they need that study for what they want to do, if they want to be a lawyer or a teacher, they have to go through it. And look, you only have so much you can say once they turn 18, of course. But man, if you're paying for it, do your massive due diligence. And and it's this, what's in a name? You know, I think you're probably referring to a certain school that's very prominent in the LDS community, but there's also uh, Texas Christian University, TCU, here in, in, in Fort Worth. And 
It is the least Christian college within a thousand miles. It is, but it's the Texas Christian University, and it is the absolute opposite of anything that Christian values are, you know, uphold. And so you can't make assumptions at all. And the biggest thing, the thing that just gets me, man, this just gets me so much. People are like, hey, your son wants to be an entrepreneur. How come he just not going to uh, Baylor? They have a great um, business <laughs> business school. And I just look at him. I'm like, who's teaching these classes right. on how to be successful in businesses? Somebody, well, professors. Yeah. And so like, if they're so good, can you explain to me why they're teaching for maybe $100,000 a year? Well, because they took school. I'm like, yeah, they don't know shit about education or about business. They're going to learn how to calculate EBITDA. They're going to learn how to do spreadsheets and they're going to learn about outdated, horrible marketing because Pepsi and McDonald's used it. Yeah. <laughs> and that doesn't work anymore. And I, I mean, I'm, I'm like, no, like you don't, if you, if you think that's going to teach them how to be an entrepreneur, how to build a business from nothing, we're so on the wrong page here. Going to school for entrepreneurship is about the most oxymoronic thing I could ever think of. It's completely back. It's completely yeah, back. I, I hang on to certain quotes and um, Jordan Peterson goes into great links of explaining the kind of the anti-authoritarian, you and I display this, uh, personality that is really kind of lines up really frequently with entrepreneurs. What do you want to do with an anti-authoritarian person? Put them in a school where they are shoving stuff down your throat? Probably not. It's probably not going to be the best scenario. So it's, it's just, it's crazy. But but that's society, right? Like you, why you're getting so much lashback and why um, my my son is asked by family members like, hey, when you decide that you want a career, we'll support you and go into college. And he, he, he will say over and over again, I don't think you understand. I'm not going to college. <laughs> I want to hire This isn't a break. This isn't a gap year. Yeah. This is my life. Thank you. That's the thing too, is like, okay, all, all of the, all the tinfoil hat stuff and all of the conspiracy stuff aside, like I, I chose to not go to college and I had a bunch of friends that did. And four years later, who was more ahead in life? You know what I mean? Like I went to college and I, I was raised in a family. Uh, my dad was a business owner and I went to college because my girlfriend's parents, that's what you did. Mm -hmm. And I, and I, everything for me was, I'm going to marry this girl. I got to do what I got to do to be a part of that. Yeah. And then I fell into it. Right. And, um, that's why I went to college. And within three years in the education system, that entrepreneurial like thing started like, I'm like, what? There's gotta be more than this. I, this is boring. This is not fulfilling. Like I was like literally always trying to figure out, Maybe I need to be a principal. Maybe I need to move up. Maybe I need to be a computer tech where I can get better skills. Maybe I was always constantly doing this, but it was so hard because I've been programmed that you become a teacher and you do it for 35 years and you retire and you have this great life. And um, 
it was just perpetuating this. I, they made me a cog in the wheel, a wheel in the cog. How does that work? Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> wheel, a cog in the machine. That's the term I use. I don't think a wheel has a cog. Well, a bike <laughs> wheel does. But anyway, okay, well, we could go down that road. Anyway, I, I just really appreciate you for being so vocal about it, especially in the um, career industry. <laughs> so do you, the people you coach not have college degrees or do they? Um, it, It's a mix. So I definitely take on people, Um, you know, because a lot of my clients, like I, I, I won't, I'll try not to drop names, but I've worked with a handful of VPs from very prominent public companies. Um, and so they're bound to have a college degree usually. Um, so I can definitely help people. The, the inspiration for my business is very much based on my lack of love for the academics. Um, but it's not, uh, academics doesn't play a part in what I coach people on. Um, and that's intentional and part of partially because it's just not necessary. Um, so yeah, so I definitely don't turn people away if they have a degree. Um, I just make sure they understand that it's not going to help them at all <laughs> with what yeah. I coach them on. <laughs> yeah. I wonder what the statistics are on people that graduate with degree and then like 15 late, years later are actually using it. I've, it's, it's, I've looked this up because something that I, in my content, when I'm very vocal about this stuff, um, statistically people with a college degree make more money or more successful. Right. And I, I will concede that statistics stats will show that basically but what people don't ask questions on and what you can't measure is what is the person's ambition and i would argue this is my opinion and i don't have much else to back it up other than just what i've observed and what my opinion is but uh i find that a lot of people go to college because they don't have an ambition or a direction for anything else and you know what I mean? And so like, that's just what they default to because that's what you're supposed to do. Cause that's what we've been indoctrinated to do because that's the status quo. And, um, so if, if there's a way we could measure someone's ambition to figure out that statistic, I would be really interested in seeing that because I think that would be something very telling. I think that, that, well, if you look, if you just looked at the stats about how many people change their career, focus or their studies focus during college, wouldn't you think that that's a pretty good indicator because they're just guessing, they're just throwing darts at the wall. That's a great point. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And that's a really high number. It is. Of people that switch. I have a, so I'm, I live in the town where my church has one of the college campuses here. Um, And I have a good friend. She's, I don't know how she's seven or eight years younger than me. Um, She changed her major three times and ended up spending eight years at this college Oh because of that, you know what I mean? Because she, she could have graduated in four years, but she could she kept finding a different path. And th- which goes back to the whole thing I talk about. Like, it's so ridiculous that we as a society seem to hold true to, like, it's, it's that it's fact that, you know, a kid has to have everything figured out about what they want to do at 18. I am right. not the same person at all. No. Versus when I was 18. At all. No. It, uh, it's ludicrous. Well, I look at my son who's 19 and I'm like, he, he's really talented, but he's just learning all these different areas where he's talented and he's been talented, creativity with his creative mind for years, but he's also very good at math and he's very logical. And so we got this logic, creative, logical, creative, like, and it's like, what do you do? What do you go to school for there? Right. Maybe engineering, but he's not engineering. Like that's zero interest to him. It's, there's no creativity in it. And so at least not a lot. 
And so how do you tell somebody like that, go to college because he's, and, but now I'm like looking, man, he's, he's like you, he's making money on TikTok. Mm-hmm. He probably has potential to make more money in the four years that he's not going call it, to college than the, than the first probably four years of someone coming out of college in a, in something that didn't exist a few years ago. Mm-hmm. Not only that is that he's getting the attention of people who like his his design work, and now it's like, where could that take you? That could take you all sorts of places. Like, w- would could we have carved that out? Could we have like guided him in that pos- that direction? No, like not at all. And then he's now he's like really into Christian content. I'm like, hey, have you ever thought of going to seminary? He's like, no. <laughs> he's just going to research everything himself. Mm-hmm. So hey, everybody, we're back. <laughs> We had a weird, weird break. Uh, first of all, my wife, you, it's probably cut out of here, but my wife started vacuuming. I guess I forgot to tell her I was podcasting. My podcast studio isn't done yet. So I'm here in my main office, which hears everything in the house. So we've had that. And then Braxton's computer went berserk. And then when he came on, I think the government was out to get us because there was no way for him to connect to audio and video or just audio. Uh, so we're having all sorts of fun, but welcome yeah. back. Thank you. I'm glad that we were able to reconnect today. This is awesome. I think our listeners understand that we really don't like colleges. <laughs> <laughs> I think by now I would hope they get the point. Yeah. I think the whole idea is the fact that trying to demystify the whole, the whole thing that you can't be successful without it. I, you know, I have born this business. Did college have a, an influence on it? Well, you know, I have to say yes. So I have a degree in psychology. I was very curious, very interested in sociology and human behavior, huge interested in human behavior. And then I went and got my, my master's degree in education. And so right now I have a staffing agency. I'm really good at hiring, which is a lot of behavioral psychology, a ton. And then I'm really good at training. And I, so the question is, is, was I already gifted, have a bent in these areas? I would say probably outside of school did it was i able to hone in on some things that maybe i wouldn't be able to do probably but how i got here is a road of entrepreneurship it's not has nothing to do with education and so the question here is if one of your kids wants to go to college what will you do i've already got this figured out so my kids know what my stance is on it they know my my perspective and they know all the reasons behind it that are fact so if they go to college, if they if that's what they want, they know they're going to college knowing all of this already. Mm-hmm. It's been proven. Um, as of right now, like I have two teenagers, uh, and then my youngest, and they all don't have any interest. I mean, my youngest wouldn't know one way or the other, I guess. But they, the, my boys, don't have any interest because they know this. Now that might change, but I don't see any of my boys like wanting to be doctors or something like that. I'm not, I'm, and I don't want to discourage them if that's if that's what they right. want. But I don't think that's what they have any interest in. Um, so I'm not. People ask me, well, what what happens um, if that if that's how this goes? And it's funny because we have good friends that are just live down the street from us. They homeschool their kids, but they're homeschooling their kids with the intention of sending them to college. And so that's where they and us differ. Um, yeah, I, that that's my response is just. They're going to go knowing, and I know there's a good chance that when my kids come out of that, if that happens, frankly, that they're going to leave that experience having completely different values than what I raised them with. And that's the part that terrifies me um, if they were to choose that. So, but that, yeah, that's my response to it. (laughs) Well, and that's why I asked you earlier about teaching critical 
thinking skills. How do you do it? Because I feel like we, we have done a really good job in our household of not only stating our side, but going down the decision tree and the, and the, the processes we have of why we've come to where we've come. And so to a point to where my son will come home from school and say, they're watching, do you know that they play CNN in school? They have a CNN education channel. Do you get, can you even imagine the information he's getting? So he'll come home and he's like, oh, CNN one or whatever it was called. That was a trip today. Yeah. And we, it, it'll be topics we've never talked about. And he'll be like, they tried to sell us on da, 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 and that's just total BS. And then he'll go into why he believes that it's not our beliefs because we haven't talked to him about this subject. And so th- by us, and you talked about this modeling, thinking through things and using solid decision, fact-based information and wearing our tinfoil hats <laughs> has, has created a, a, a modeling for them to understand how to do that. And I think that's the ticket because sure, they're going to get some programming in college. If my son asked to go to college, one, we would highly, highly, highly recommend certain schools and then there has to be a ton of due diligence because just because they're a Christian school or a church-based school or whatever does not mean anything. Yep. It does not mean anything. And then also hopefully continue a conversation and relationship with them that is very open and honest where they can bring the things to you and where you don't disagree with them, but you ask them those questions to push them back into that critical thinking process. Yep. That's something that I do whenever I find a, a moment of opportunity or a teaching moment with my kids. That's something I always try to do is like the inverse of what you said your son does, which is here's what other people, here's what the, the common, here's what, what's the word, the, the incumbent wisdom on this. Right. Here's, here's what common knowledge, common knowledge about this is. And, and then I explain to my boys why and why me personally, I don't agree with that. Um, and why maybe <laughs> I try not to steer them one way or the other, because then that eliminates the critical thinking element. Like if I tell them what to think, then I'm no better than what these colleges are. Um, but yeah, that's something I always try and find an opportunity to do. What, and, and it's hard. Like you can't avoid all these issues anymore. It's on social media. It's on TV. It's, it, it's everywhere. There you can, so there's always an opportunity to raise your kids, I think, with that in mind, because it's everywhere. And you just take the opportunity to help your kids understand, here's why mom and dad don't believe this. And here's why we're not, why we don't raise you with this issue in mind. And I think that's something, something that I deal with a lot in my profession is people, uh, it's helping people get out of the rut when they don't do things with intention. And I think so many people, I mean, I would argue the very large majority of people that attend college don't do it intentionally. What I mean by that is, is they default to it because they don't, have the intention of thinking of other opportunities or other paths to go down. Right. And I think parents fall into this same trap with their children. They send their kids to school because just that's what you're supposed to do. But some people almost have their head in the sand about what's happening in those schools and they're not preempting it and helping their kids understand, look, if you hear this type of stuff in school, here's why it doesn't align with our values. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't see parents doing that. And I live in a neighborhood full of teachers, which is a lot of fun too. Like being, being the homeschool family, and all the teachers, that's, but like, yeah, that's the other thing is like ambition is one thing, but being intentional with all this, I think is another too. Yeah. 
there's like a whole nother hour long discussion we could have going down that, that road because it's all proper. Like, look, my kid's in public education now and the, the amount of garbage he sees and hears every single day is insane. Mm -hmm. But the only reason I know that is because he can talk about it and know that I, you know, I'm just going to listen and I'll probably tell him it's insane, but he, he, but because he can actually recognize it. Right. Um, and so, you know, I remember three years ago, there was some kids that were changing their genders all the time. Like, and they, no one could keep track. Like literally no one could keep track. And he called a kid the wrong gender one day and he got called to the office and was in trouble. And, um, I called the school board member and had a little conversation and, that's the type of stuff that's happening. Mm -hmm. Like, like, sure. Does, would he have a very hard time calling someone the, they, them, whatever. And then like, yeah. Yeah. And does he think it's ridiculous because he sees a kid who is completely confused, is hated by everyone. And all of a sudden is gender transitioning every single day or, or re-identifying. This is a, it's a, it's, it's a scary place but they're being set up for it, it. They're programming it so early now. It's insane. Yeah. So I don't know where I was going with that other than you got it. You got to be in front of it all the way through. Well, and no one, I, I, I might piggyback off that and I don't want to go too much down this road because I don't, I'm not an authority about this at all. I just see what I see and it doesn't, it, as a Christian, I, I, I just don't know how I can say it's anything but evil. But uh, like what a lot of people don't talk about in that environment when it comes to like gender fluidity and transitioning and stuff like that is like all the people that have done it and regret it as well. And so like I remember seeing I just saw a video like a week or two ago of a girl. Um, it, there was some sort of interview happening or something like that. And a girl was talking about um, how she tried to transition and what it did to her body permanently that has she's going to have to live with for the rest of her life when she realized it was a mistake. And even then, like, this is the ideology of tolerance. And I don't understand how you can look someone in the face because then someone tried to argue with her that was transitioning themselves. And to sit there and tell them that they're wrong and that they're, they're the evil one, they're, when they went through this horrific experience and regretted it, like how it's, it's the most blatant form of hypocrisy and just lack of self-awareness I think I've ever seen Yeah, to, to talk to people like that. Like this, this is, this is just why I'm so like a lot of people, I'll, I'll put it this way. A lot of people leave my church and it, in my faith, that's actually a pretty big deal because it's an actual process. <laughs> like it's, it's interesting. And to see, what am I trying to say? Like, I, for myself, like I believe what I believe and, but I believe it because that's what faith is. And I know that my life would not be, I'd probably be dead in a gutter somewhere if I didn't have my faith. Like, and so that's, I'm so, it's so important. I think to have values somewhere that teach compassion and teach caring about people. And mm -hmm. I, I guess that's where I was going with it is just like, I know my faith in its perfect form, not the people, but the faith and the principles of, of what I believe teaches to love and com have compassion for people. Right. 
and you see so much in the world that doesn't have that and look look what's happening because there's a void of that yeah it, it's uh, that's the thing that's most scary to me is like in in absence of values and morals actually is a better term in the absence of morals look what happens <laughs> it's so scary and 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 i think what people jump to really quick is if if i don't agree with gender fluidity or anything that, that that that's immediately hate. Yep. And that is not the case. In fact, we have conversations with our boys and my belief is that they're, they're seeking, they're confused. They're going through confusing times. It's just part of the adolescence mm-hmm. um, or they have really bad family lives and need to draw in, need a way to gather attention. This is basic, very basic psychology guys. Mm-hmm. Like, you can go back to the 1800s and dial this all in or whatever it is. I'm not, not a historian, but, and, uh, and it's, there's studies about this. They need support. They need love. They, They need people to show them that, you know, they're a real human being. So I want to be very clear. This isn't a hate thing at all. And my son wasn't like, I hate that person. He's just like, it's really hard to be, to be pinholed into something when, it's very hard to even figure out which day is which because literally their name changes with that as well. And so I told the school, I'm like, like, look, if the gender is going to change regularly and the, the name is going to change regularly and the school had furries in it too. They would mm-hmm. walk around. Oh my gosh, it was crazy. Um, in a very conservative town. And if they're going to do that, they need to wear a name tag. They need to have a name tag for every name they have and every gender. And it needs to be incredibly blatantly obvious because we cannot get, put kids in trouble because they can't remember or weren't in the class where that kid announced that he um, is now going by Cheryl and, you know, or next day it's Ember and then it's Philip. And then, you know, like this is, I'm not exaggerating. Yep. Yeah. I don't and uh, I actually got concession on that and apology for my son. But, <laughs> uh, it's pretty amazing but we're we're in a really crazy time i think is really all i'm saying and that's like it it's it's so crazy to me like of all things the principle of accountability is what's being attacked here with all this Mm. stuff like because no one wants to take accountability for like if someone was polite to me and 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 had their own sense of compassion. If they were polite, I would respect that they wanted to be called a certain way. I, I I'm willing to do that, but don't get in my face and t- and demand it from me because like you, there's no such thing as having the right or privilege to not be offended. Yeah. And like you, if you walk around in life expecting that you should not get offended over something, you're going to have a really hard time. And that's the problem is this ecosystem and this environment that we, we seem to be finding ourselves in lately is like, People need to be protected from being offended. No, because like, that's like, you need someone to help you save you from yourself. Almost like it's the same thing. Yeah. It's crazy. It's so crazy. We've we've seen this progress through the years, you know, skaters were kind of counterculture and Mm -hmm. called crazy. And then it became, um, emo. Mm -hmm. Then it became, it, 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 like the anime kids. And now, now that all it is, is that's the new emo. That's the new, it's the counterculture. Yep. And they're trying to now, now it's been weaponized as, yeah, it, it's Mainstream. crazy, man. Yeah. It's crazy, man. 
well, we've been, we've been jabbering about random <laughs> things for, well, mostly written around education for an, over an hour. Um, <laughs> I think the thing, the theme here that we're both saying is have very clear and intentional conversations with and around our kids that give them critical thinking skills and make sure you understand what is happening when you step into a system that is literally designed to create great workers and great followers. Yep. Right. Absolutely. There we go. That's summed up. There you go. Yeah. And Hey, look, if you think we're wearing tinfoil hats, good for you. That's fine. You can tell, you can, you can wait a couple of years and call us genius. Right. Yep. So <laughs> I love bra- my tinfoil hat. Yeah. Braxton, I appreciate you coming on and rambling with me. This is fun. I, I actually really enjoy talking controversial stuff now because if you guys don't like it it's too bad um <laughs> how can people get a hold of you what's the tiktok handle because your content is pretty interesting even if i'm not looking for a career and a career transition it's Thank really you. interesting appreciate that i think i have a kind of a one one page where people can find everything that i do Perfect. so if you go to go.braxton. sorry go.braxtonwood.vip everything i do is right there nice and we have that in the show notes so you guys are golden Thank you, brother. Thank you. Pleasure. Thank, thank you, everyone, for listening. Um, go pull your kids out of public education. Don't you dare let them go to college. We'll see you on the next episode if you don't disband me from your life. Thank you for listening to the Brotherhood of Fatherhood podcast. If you enjoyed the podcast, be sure to share it with your friends, your family, and follow us on social media. If you are a father, make sure you join our Facebook group, The Brotherhood of Fatherhood. Hit the subscribe button and tune in next time for more podcasts from The Brotherhood of Fatherhood.